This is episode 144 of the Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work podcast. This episode is titled, Ward Hayden and the Outliers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work, where we talk about work, working, and how to make work better. If it's work-related, we're on it. Who knew talking about work would be this much fun? I'm Jennifer Crittenden, a former CFO and host of the show. And thank you for joining our quest to improve our workplaces. Let's do this. I am so excited to welcome a band to the podcast. This is our first band. And with me today is uh, Ward Hayden with Ward Hayden and the Outliers. And also, we're really lucky to have the drummer with us today, uh, who is Josh uh, Keegans. Am I saying that right, Josh? You are. Good. Uh, So I'll introduce Josh first, since I have his bio right in front of me. He's a professional musician with a Bachelor's of Fine Arts from the University of Massachusetts, and he's recently moved back uh, to, I guess, where he grew up in southeastern Connecticut. Is that right, Josh? Yeah, just just about. We're we're pretty close to my hometown. I don't actually live in my hometown, but uh, yeah, it's uh, southeastern Connecticut, New London County. That's where I'm at. Nice. It's always nice to go back to where you have a lot of history. And we were just saying you've been with the band for eight or nine years, which is a testament to you, but also to the longevity of this band. And I'll say right off the bat, if I sound a little starstruck, it's because I am. And I'll talk a little bit about uh, the band. It was originally known as Girls, Guns and Glory, which is how I knew it. And its name changed in 2018. The band's from Boston, Massachusetts. They record a whole interesting eclectic type of music, which is uh, exemplified by all the awards that they've won. They've won a bunch of uh, Boston Music Awards. 2001, they were the winner of their Americana Artist of the Year and were nominated for the Live Artist of the Year category. And I can testify that live, they are super fun and well-deserved that award. And then recently, 2019, Uh, They won for Country Artist of the Year, which again, just shows the different variety of music that they play. And the band was started, as I say, by Ward Hayden. Ward, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. You know, I I really did not have much of a a musical background. Um, I was on a a very different path, uh, quite honestly, in life. I'd gone to the University of Connecticut and I had gotten out and uh, I went into teaching uh, for about four years, which I really thought was going to be my future. Uh, and I was weighing the options of, of sticking with that or going to law school and wound up just starting a band initially with friends I had grown up with. I mean, it's funny when I reflect back on it, I'm very thankful that when I started that that the music industry had more happening in it at that time. Hmm. Um, because we didn't know what we were doing. We were just putting stuff out, but uh, thankfully it, it got enough interest that within, I think probably four years of starting the band, uh, I was able to really go for it and consider it a full-time occupation. The other thing I have to mention, the podcast is about work and working, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But um, it turns out that there's actually a lot of pressure on the podcast. So over the past week, there have been calls to abolish the police. And somebody asked on Twitter, okay, so if you abolish the police, who's going to solve the murders? And uh, so somebody weighed in and said that we have a whole bunch of podcasters out there that are working on their podcasts at solving murders. And so no pressure, but yeah, that's added to our agenda today. You can work that in. We should solve a murder or two so that people can abolish the police. Good luck to us. (laughs) You can think of some unsolved murder out there that you know about. Then yeah, go ahead and bring that up. We can check that off the list. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. So, so speaking of work and um, yeah, having been, you know, successful, able to quit your day jobs, do you have any opening comments about what kind of work ethic it takes to stay viable for 15 years? 
Well, I mean, my perception of like what the, it's really a, like kind of a balancing act, at least in our position, because we don't have a very large team working for us. Uh, it really is a pretty delicate balance between working on craft and remaining creative and focusing on that energy in the band, but then also doing actual work, writing emails, um, planning, you know, uh, looking six months, one year, two years, five years into the future, uh, trying to lay the groundwork to keep the thing moving forward, keep the train on the tracks and, and not, but then also not, like I said, you want to maintain the creative aspect, writing songs, uh, practicing you know both as a group and uh as an individual and like growing growing your craft so you don't want to get too bogged down in any one aspect of the work so it is kind of a balancing act i guess it's just constant like you just are somewhat unfortunately defined by your your life as a musician. Uh, and I think a lot of Americans have this role of like work really defines them, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like hustle and grind and, you know, always chasing that paper, like whatever you want to say it. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, people will really focus on the, the, you know, their, their work as their life. Um, but not to sound too cliched, but I really think that that's kind of how you have to do it. If you're going to be uh, you know, a small independent or even a large group, you know, like uh, as a band or something like that, or a sole proprietor, whatever your business is, you have to really pour a lot of time and energy into both the practical business side of it and also the creative side and how you grow it. Well said, well said. It, there is a lot that goes into it. I mean, and, you know, just speaking from from our personal experience, we, we, we kind of went, went about the whole thing in a what I would consider a, a, a backwards way to what I've hmm. uh, generally seen as a trajectory for other bands where when we started, we had, we had so many people wanting to like, you know, bring us into their, whether it be their label or sign to their agency. And, and, and we did that for a long time. I mean, uh, when I look back on it, I think it's, it's what allowed us to get started. Hmm. And it, 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 we got to, we got to learn the ropes watching other people do it seeing you know how they were able to keep us busy like how they were able to navigate you know with making an album finding a producer getting the album together but then getting you know the promotion pieces in place and in the last like five or six years we've really actually worked towards getting our independence we had to buy our way out of a record deal which was a bit of an ordeal and and still an ongoing thing uh in our band i mean we we we're going to be a little bit indebted uh, to a, a bigger record company for a very long time. I see. But uh, one of the fortunate things that that came of it all, because you know, we 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 really uh, once we got better uh, legal representation and you know better advice from management and everything, you know, we realized that we were giving away so much mm -hmm. that uh, you know we could be on the road 250 dates a year and and we we could sell a certain number of albums. It was never actually getting us to a to to what was going to be a better place. If anything, it was gonna it was gonna grind us uh, to the point where we were burning out. We made a very conscious decision, and you know, to Josh's credit, he he's put in a lot of work uh, towards helping us become an independent band, where we've been able to fundraise to make albums. Uh, thankfully, fans have just been incredible and have continued to believe in the band. Yeah, uh, through the. <laughs> oh, totally. I'm, 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 I'm so grateful because, uh, you know, the band has evolved, has changed, you know, the band went through a, a band name change, which can be very detrimental to a lot of groups. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's, it's been encouraging. Mm. We took a leap of faith to see if we could do this on our own. Thankfully, uh, you know, now with, with some years under our belt of being independent, as Josh was saying, we've still been able to keep the train on the tracks and keep things going. Uh, and that's, that's our plan moving forward as well. Just continue to, to navigate this business. And if the time comes right for working with a label again, uh, you know, we're open to it, but it's, it's been nice to, 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 to be the, the, the masters of our own domain, so to speak. Yeah. Well, definitely because your music 
is uh, not easy to classify. I can imagine that that can pose some challenges. It's interesting listening to you talk because when I first was imagining inviting you on the podcast, I thought, you know, it's never occurred to me before, but what could be more entrepreneurial than starting a band? I mean, it's almost <laughs> like your typical entrepreneur problems, but, you know, on speed or something, right? Where maybe instead of everyone's like, oh, he's an entrepreneur, they're like, oh, yeah, he's starting a band, you know? <laughs> like, oh, it's, it just it's, doesn't have the totally. same. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the craziest business imaginable. I, 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 I've, I've dabbled in other businesses uh, myself. I must say that this is the most challenging uh, business I've ever been a part of because sure. it, it's a it, in a lot of ways it's a labor of love you know it's something that you're passionate about and, and the product that you're selling is is something that genuinely means something to you uh, so you know th there are sensitivities involved with that mm -hmm. um, you know sometimes you you, you want to be guarded uh, but you know truthfully what you're selling you know if you want some, someone else to believe in it you have to be honest uh, and honesty is a hard thing to find it, within oneself and then to to share it with others. I mean, we spend most of our lives putting up walls and trying and trying to protect ourselves uh, to then ex expose oneself emotionally and then to then do anything with it. You you legitimately and very realistically have to sell that. That's, that, that was something that I, I think from even the beginning have had a bit of difficulty just like accepting and and and. and kind of coming to an understanding with, but, uh, as time has gone on and like, and wanting to continue to make music and do this, it's just kind of been an acceptance of that, uh, you know, that's the way things go. And if you do want to have something sustainable, which, which we have wanted, you have to be willing to, to share a certain, uh, part of yourself. And it's a, it, it's a strange business in that way. Uh, other businesses that I've worked with, you, you can put them down at the end of the day. You know, you don't take it on the road for months at a time, 24 hours a day. You know, you, you, you go in it at nine and then you, you punch, uh, punch out at five and you don't have to pick it back up until you go back in uh, the following day. Uh, th this business certainly has a lot of unique uh, aspects to it, I, I would I think I worded that uh, properly, unique aspects to it. <laughs> yeah, sounds like an understatement. Yeah, that's right. As you're talking, I'm thinking about all the different facets of it that there are. I mean, as Josh said, and I think most entrepreneurs can relate to that, it, often there's this uh, balancing act, as he described it, or even a conflict between just working on the day-to-day -day humdrum emails, getting things organized versus what your business really is. And for you guys, you know, since it's creative work, and as you say, Ward, even intensely personal work, I can imagine that could uh, be very, very challenging. I'll bring up another challenge here for you. And we talk a lot about grit now. It's, a, it's kind of a favorite word in business these days about how people have to have grit in order to be successful. But the other thing we often talk about with entrepreneurship is passion. And I was thinking, you know, it's funny that we have these two words that we just sort of toss out there like, oh, yeah, grit, you got to have that. And oh, yeah, passion, you got to have that. And in a way, you know, they're kind of different. I don't know if you have any thoughts about contrasting these two drives. I mean, I think that uh, especially when you're I, from a personal standpoint, as a musician, as a performer, and I think Ward would agree with this, that like you, you do need both of those things and a ton of other factors you know into mix into the 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 pot um, but you know you have to have a certain amount of passion to want first of all to just want to be on stage to to think or be encouraged or whatever believe in yourself that you know like what you have to say what you have to play is important and somebody should listen to it or, or you know and ideally someone should buy tickets and come see you and purchase your t-shirt and your album and all sorts of stuff like that. So you need a certain level of passion to want to get your stuff out into the world. And then you also need a, a lot of determination and grit to kind of keep it, keep it moving mm -hmm. just to, and to like piggyback on some of the, the previous question, because there is no, like there, there is no clear path. There is no clear blueprint in the performance business, in the music industry. There's, everybody's story is hyperly unique. 
Um, some people are, you know, they play one show, they get signed. Some people get found and molded and their story is crafted for them. They get a ton of money behind them. Other people play for 40 years and then somehow find success. Some people never find success. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is no clear path forward where there, you know, in a lot of other careers and even some business models, you know, there's a proven way to build something. And and in the music industry, you do just kind of have to like, a lot of times just kind of grin and bear it and, Mm -hmm. and find your way forward, no matter what the, by any means necessary, really. Uh, So you do need an equal part passion and grit. And you also kind of need to be naive and, and, uh, and, (laughs) (laughs) and just kind of crazy, half crazy. You have to have a lot of elements, I think. Uh, to to pull it off, especially for a long time. A lot of people burn out very quickly. Totally, totally. Yeah, that was the one of the things I was thinking about, about your band is you do tour so much. And there's, you know, that's a hard life, right? That That's even as a business person traveling a lot, that's tough. And so I was thinking, you know, that's one of the things I've always admired about the outliers is their you know, you just keep at it. You've been going now for 15 years. You're touring a lot. You put out a lot of albums. You know, you just have a lot of productivity. And so are there, is there anything that you can, that you attribute your work ethic to any role models that you had or where does it come from? I mean, personally speaking, I really learned, you know, that the whole thing of, of just kind of grinding and and being willing to work from doing other jobs i you know i worked doing construction and doing as a house painter for uh, a few years and i just remember you know going in day in and day out and 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 a lot of those days were not very fun uh in the least and just kind of developing an appreciation for that type of work and for what that takes and and the toll it takes on you mentally and physically mm-hmm. and it also like kind of built something in me of that I didn't see a path for myself in the long term for that. And if I didn't want to do certain jobs like that forever, I was going to have to find something else. And, and music did quite honestly kind of fall into my lap. But when I did find it and it was something I'd always been interested in, it, you know, it created a drive to not want to let that go and give that up uh, easily of, of that, you know, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times you get what you put in mm-hmm. and, you know, Josh and I were talking maybe a year or two ago that like a lot, a lot of this business is, is contingent upon you w- being willing to stay in it and keep going. We, you know, we, we have been doing this for a while and we've seen a lot of bands come and go. We've seen a lot of bands have like, have, have some really big successes. And and I do think in this business, you know, just to uh, piggyback on what Josh was saying earlier, you know, with, with, with success and everything, you know, some bands can find it overnight. Seemingly some bands it takes 40 years, you know, it, it like su- success is almost very, it, it seems to be very relative in this business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, m- maybe it even comes down to what you yourself can be happy with. Sure. Um, and if you can find happiness in anything, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. That's a win. <laughs> more power to you. Totally. That, 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 that's a big win. You know, from just speaking from my own personal experience, I, I just saw what other paths were going to be for me, uh, whether it was, doing physical labor, uh, whether it was teaching, which also had house painting during the summers. Um, and then, uh, another path, which was going to be to join my dad, uh, in his law firm. Oh, right. Um, I forgot he was an attorney. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, and, and that probably would have been the path of least resistance, mm-hmm. but I just didn't know if it was for me. And mm-hmm. 15 years later, uh, it looks like it wasn't for me, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, 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 uh, once I found this, uh, I, I just haven't wanted to give it up. Um, it's been a ticket to see the world. It's, it's, it's had so many perks. It's certainly had, you know, trials and tribulations, but, but the pros have outweighed the cons. And I think just the commitment to, uh, wanting to stay on the path and, and the joy of making music and, and getting to experience that and share that with anybody, uh, it's been enough of a motivator to, to keep things going. Yeah. I think for me too, the, the work ethic thing is, uh, it's a, well, it's a mix of like having had a traditional day job, um, uh, right out of college and also working the, 
working jobs all through college, um, working in high school. I'm from a, a very blue collar family. And uh, so my motivation, I think, for hard work is is from my family. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of seeing them succeed through hard work and also watching them go to work and not enjoying it all the time and sure. realizing that like, you know, that is a pretty powerful image. My dad was a, uh, a machinist for a large military manufacturer here in Southeastern Connecticut. And he worked third shift. Oh and wow! So, you know, like he would be coming home from work as I was going to school and then, you know, getting up for work as I was going to bed. Uh, and you know, I'd see him in the afternoons too, because his sleep schedule was broken and just watching him go to work. And like, uh, my dad's a very intelligent guy who, who was actually a high school dropout because he just couldn't handle school. Um, mm. and so to, to watch that and see that and be like, okay, that's not what I want to do. Mm. And he was actually one of the main people that was like really encouraging for me to be my own boss. Mm. Uh, So that's like, yeah, I think family played a big part in in work ethic. I think Ward would say the same thing and just, you know, like being, you know, them saying like, well, yeah, you, if you want something, go get a job and pay for it yourself. And then you get out there and you start doing a certain kind of work and you're like, this really doesn't suit what I thought it was going to be like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all learning for sure. So speaking of day jobs, uh, you know, day jobs are a key for a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners, and also a lot of bands, right? The cliche of, of uh, bands, musicians working at night and then also having a day job that often they hate. And so, you know, it's kind of a big step when you're able to give up your day jobs. It sounds like both of you have, have been able to give up your day jobs. And are there other band members that are still doing them and and did they even want to give them up right maybe you have something that you like to do yeah the, uh, nobody uh, nobody in the band works a traditional day job um I see. but everybody else everybody has um like secondary revenue sources whether some of it's a little more consistent a few of the guys teach oh, uh, mm-hmm. consistently um i kind of do anything uh, at any point <laughs> whenever I, mm-hmm. I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, actually later today, when we get off this interview, I'm going to help a friend of mine who's a real estate investor. I'm going to go over to uh, some of his properties and I'm going to uh, bang some nails and paint some walls for him. So, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. The, 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 no, I think that's so key. Uh, it's a sustainability, like, and whenever, you know, whenever we've had a lineup change in the band that, you know, that's something that, you know, I think Josh and I always try to say to whoever's joining up is that like, you know, we are going to play a certain amount of shows each year, but, you know, we're also going to be home for two weeks, three weeks, sometimes four weeks at a time. Mm. And, you know, during that time, you know, you're not going to want to be sitting around twiddling your thumbs. You know, I think what, 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 what makes this doable is, is uh, the willingness and ability to, like Josh was saying, you know, I've seen Josh pick up umpty nine different different ways to. I've seen him paint boats, mm-hmm. uh, work construction, do all kinds of stuff. Uh, I even hired him to paint a house last summer. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it, like it's like by any means necessary. You got to do what you got to do, whether you're working, you know, playing shows or not. Uh, the bills keep showing up. That's that's what you know. Death and taxes, I guess. Yeah. Right. Both <laughs> inevitabilities um like like for me it's actually been kind of fun years ago i i remember uh thinking how great it would be to to have new experiences all the time and uh you know i'd studied sociocultural anthropology in college and one of the big things with continuing with that which i did not into the master's or or doctoral level is like you actually have to spend about a year in the field Mm -hmm. uh in in with another population and and observing and, and learning and what I've really kind of appreciated about having music for a career is like, I mean, not only does it bring us to different cities and towns and venues constantly, even in the downtime, it's allowed for other experiences uh, to be had um, for, you know, to always be kind of experiencing some new stuff uh, sometimes, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Right. The willingness to do that uh, I I think goes a long way. And and it certainly, it served us anyway in our band in this, business of uh to not just sit home and watch tv 
but to, to be willing to, uh, if somebody calls and says, Hey, you know, I got two weeks of work here and you got two weeks off from the road, the willingness to, to want to go do that. Yeah. I was going to say, I, there's something about that that comes through from the band to the fans. And I think somehow, you know, that's really attractive to us who are at home to see you guys out there and just somehow that spirit, that enthusiasm does come through to us, whether it's, you know, that you're eating new foods or telling funny stories, or we see photos from inside the van. Some, somehow, I, I don't know exactly what to call it, but vicarious thrills maybe. Um, but yeah, well, that's somehow cool. that's, yeah, somehow that comes through to the fans. I, I see that there's a lot of enthusiasm for kind of participating with you guys in those things. Well, that's awesome. That, that is what we're, we're we're hoping to create uh, experiences like that, you know, through the travels. I, I never traveled anywhere growing up. You know, I'd, I'd barely been outside of New England, Florida. had probably been the furthest I had traveled. Hmm. It, it has been like a real perk to get to experience things, go to other countries and just to see so many different states. And, you know, they're just to see the differences, the similarities, the, you know, what makes different places unique. That's uh, just been—it's uh, been a real gift, honestly, to this kind of work. Well, I was going to say we enjoy it, and we enjoy—we enjoy doing it as a group. So I think, well, at least we hope it translates, because we're just like you know, it's if it's a funny photo or if it's a cool experience, like you know, we're we're legitimately having fun. So I'm glad to hear that it translates. And and Josh is a great researcher. Uh, <laughs> in addition to drumming for the band, what, 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 one of the places where he shines is he genuinely cares uh, about food and mm -hmm. about, you know, seeing cool cultural things. So, yeah. you know, it, like if we're going to another country, if we're going, you know, somewhere that, that like he'll actually take the time to go research it, find mm -hmm. out what it has to offer. And if, you know, if we're going to have a day off in that city, if we're going to have uh, even a few hours off, I mean, we've actually made it a priority uh, to not just be a band in a van that's looking at everything out the, out the window. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've really tried sometimes at, at a financial expense to budget in going to see uh, things we might otherwise not get to see. Cause uh, I just think it's, it's, it's been an opportunity uh, to do these things. We don't, we don't want to squander. We've been, we've been actively trying to make the most uh, of the chances we've been getting. Yeah, that's really cool. I should have mentioned to the listeners in the introduction. So uh, the Outliers have actually toured a lot in Europe and have a huge number of fans overseas. And I noticed on the Wikipedia page also, I guess you had a bunch of success in Norway. Like one of your albums went really, went really we high love in Norway. the charts. <laughs> Apparently they love you. <laughs> no, the, 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 that was really amazing. Honestly, we, we the, the Nor Norway has become not a place that, that we now have people we call great friends and sure. a, a place we've really enjoyed touring. But uh, Norway sort of, it was serendipitous, I would say, to, for us to ever find our way to Norway. We had a, a year-long residency at a, a now-defunct honky-tonk bar called Rodeo Bar in Manhattan. So once a month, we would go to New York and this guy kept coming to the shows and we didn't know who he was. Hmm. And finally, after like the third or fourth time of him being there, he introduced himself and it turned out he was, he was actually a political journalist from Norway and he had exposed some corruption and had his newspaper that yeah. unfortunately was the newspaper that got bombed oh. uh, in Oslo. Uh, he, it, for his own protection, had been sent by the newspaper to... New York to uh, cover arts and culture. Oh, and and he was super nice. Uh, this guy Eirik, uh, he introduced himself uh, and and he said, you know, if the band ever gets to Norway, uh, he's like, I'll be back there in about a year. Please reach out to me. <laughs> uh, and sort of w within the same time frame, we'd been uh, we went on a tour out west, and another Norwegian who is actually responsible for bringing probably more country music to Norway than anybody else at this point. Uh, mm. He had been on vacation with friends in Gunnison, Colorado and stumbled upon the band. Oh, wow. So he, he then, when he got back to Norway, invited us to go over and we were able to tack on Norway to the, 
I, I can't remember if it was the beginning, middle, or end of a tour, but we didn't know anything about Norway other than that they <laughs> had, were inviting us there and we were just going to go. And we reached out to our, our, our friend, Eric, that we'd, we'd met in New York. We had no idea how well connected he actually was. Oh. And he, uh, out of the goodness of his heart, he had reached out to all of his friends in the music industry over there. And they had really championed the band prior to us getting there. Wow. So, yeah, it, 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 like Nor- Norway, maybe Josh can, uh, uh, can attest as well, but uh, Norway was probably one of the biggest surprises of my <laughs> musical life to show up the rooms full of people uh, and these sold out shows in cities and towns we'd never uh, uh, never even uh, heard of even heard of <laughs> right um, and then uh, yeah one of their biggest music journalists uh, wrote one article about it and it, it it was just a huge difference maker for us uh, of which we're very thankful mm-hmm. yeah so I'm picturing the Beatles arriving in the United States <laughs> uh, yeah. not quite to that level but <laughs> <laughs> but 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 very very cool nonetheless there were some film crews at a few of the yeah. shows uh, interestingly enough but it, it was, it was super awesome. cool yeah that is awesome yeah the, 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 that was also the most forgetful tour of my life every show we played I think I forgot something at every venue whether it was like my jean jacket my oh. uh, my microphone it, it was like unbelievable uh, we might have been having too much fun on that first first trip <laughs> to Norway yeah, you're finally catapulted into the great world of rock and roll, right? Where you forget stuff and oh, it, it, Jennifer, <laughs> so funny. Well, one of the shows, uh, members of of Norwegian royalty showed oh, up. Wow. Yeah, the, and and uh, so I, I felt I felt like I was justified the next day when the when the guys, uh, you know, kind of couldn't believe that I, I'd left it some important pieces yeah, so- behind. So I handle like a lot of the day-to-day operation, especially mm. when we're on, on tour, you know, like this is what time we need to be somewhere. This is in order to get there. This is when we have to leave. And like, you know, I factor in stuff like that. So on that run, I was none too pleased the morning after when I was like, we have to go back to the club for your cowboy hat. What? Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. But we got some good stories out of it and uh, we made it to all of our load-ins on time. So that's because I planned enough time to forget something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what happens when you have to manage some wild band that meets yeah. royalty. <laughs> yeah, they, which was out of character for us. We're, we're usually pr- pretty on point, but but that first trip over, uh, I think there were just too too many things out of the norm, and uh, mm-hmm. we had we had we had fun. That's for sure. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I want to talk a little bit about the music. Let's see. I became acquainted with the band way back when I heard it on Bootlicker, which was on, oh wow, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a internet radio station that I liked. Well, I painted actually. I did. Oh, that's awesome. A lot. Yeah, so I would get up in the morning and paint, and uh, listen to Bootlicker, and heard enough of you to really become a big fan of the band. But your sound, as I say, has continued to evolve since those old days, and the name has changed. Uh, you started playing more electric along the way. So, how do you keep your inspiration up for trying new things? That's a that's a great question. I mean, I, I think I'm always asking myself uh, a similar uh, line of questioning. Most recently, I, and maybe the same goes for Josh. I mean, both he and I lived in Boston for a long time. We we're both there for over ten years. Uh, you know, he and I both met when we were both living in the Boston area. We both moved back to our hometowns, uh, mm. Josh very close to his hometown and, and me to my hometown. And one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to do that was I just, I wanted to reconnect. Uh, I've drawn so much inspiration from growing up in Citrus, Massachusetts. You know, it, it is a big part of who I am. And I wanted to uh, connect back to that. I, I, you know, I felt when I grew up here, it was a town that was very much split between white and blue collar. And I felt that I had grown up, you know, very much straddling the line of, of, of both those things. Mm-hmm. As I was growing up, I, I just felt like I was growing further away from that. Uh, not in a negative way, but I actually feel like it was a very expanding experience uh, to live in the city. And I, I, I really love uh, the city of Boston and Somerville and Cambridge. They, they mean so much to me. Uh, but I I did want to reconnect here, 
And as a, uh, from a songwriting perspective, it's been a great thing. Uh, mm -hmm. There's just been more time, less distractions, you know, more time to focus really on what's going on inside of my own head and to find a way to put that into song and on paper and to reason through those uh, feelings uh, in a way that hopefully resonates and connects to, to people who hear those, those words and music, which will be happening uh, on, the, on the new album, which has now been delayed twice uh, because of everything we've got going on with coronavirus. But we're, we, we keep kicking the can down the road and uh, we're hoping to, to get in the studio now in August. Oh. So uh, it, it, I, I believe all things happen for a reason. And I do think that uh, maybe we just needed more time to think on the songs, to work on the songs, maybe even to write some more songs. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I think things happen in the right time for the right reasons. And uh, uh, we just, we, we just keep rolling with it. So you mentioned the new album. I was really excited to see that your Kickstarter campaign was successful. It's like here in my little house, like, yay, they made it. In fact, you guys went pretty significantly over what your, um, goal had been can you tell us what's on the new album what it's going to sound like what you're thinking about it sure sure uh you know like we 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 wanted to we wanted to, to to just kind of look at what's what's going on um and they say write what you know we've had enough time i think not just at home but traveling around seeing things and especially seeing all the stuff that's been going on online it, you know we have like this whole other world that seems to exist on social media. Yeah. Uh, and you know, one of my biggest takeaways is that it doesn't seem like too many people are liking what they're seeing. Uh -huh. uh, and, and I've just kind of wanted to explore that and put it into words and in a song. And Josh has really developed uh, in his time in the band as, as you know, someone who, you know, he, he actually takes the time to, to look at anything that I bring as a song. And, you know, if I bring the bare bones, you know, he's developed a real skill of looking at those songs and how do we flesh them out? How, you know, trying different arrangements, how do different feels work for different songs, uh, you know, to capture what we're, what we're trying to get across. Uh, I'm excited for this next album. I, it, it's going to be a country leaning album. I, I've always enjoyed the rock and roll side of things. And something we've always done is also straddle the line of rock and roll and country music. Uh, but I think that this next album is is going to be largely country leaning, country sounding album, with uh with with, with song topics of today. Well, it's funny. It shows uh, how interesting your music is to me because I think you could have said anything, and I'd be like, "Oh, that sounds great." <laughs> you could have <laughs> well, said, good. "Yeah, that's this good. is gonna, this is going to be our disco album." I'm like, "Oh, I'm in." <laughs> I was thinking about your comments about returning to your hometown, you know, one of the songs, uh, there's so many songs that I like, but one of the ones I really like is this old house. And that's a, you know, obviously a personal song, but a really fantastic song. Oh, thank you. It's about a house that you're very familiar with. that was very meaningful to your father. And then to contrast that, there's also this song about Centralia, is that's what it's called, Centralia, Pennsylvania, which I yes. presume is taken from your studies or your travels, that it's not a town that you knew before. Um, but it's really Correct. great that you pull this material from various places in your life. Yeah, you, you, you got you to gotta find inspiration, uh, you know, wh wh wherever it strikes you. I forget, I forget what the heck I was even watching last night. Someone, shoot, uh, uh, oh, it might have even been an old episode of that 70s show. And the main character Eric Foreman was was mm. flirting with the idea of being an artist, you know. And 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 like some people are true workers in song, where they just diligently get up every day and write, um, no matter what is going on. Uh, I am not one of those people anymore. I, I tried to be for a while, but I I feel the best about the music we make when I wait for inspiration to strike. Mm. And one thing I've learned is that when it does, you have to you have to prioritize it and you have to put, be willing to put down whatever you're doing, even if what you're doing is sleeping and you need to get up and capture it um, uh, when it's there. And that's, that's something I've been, you know, you, you almost have to condition yourself to be willing to do that. Uh, you know, sometimes it'll strike in the middle of someone else's sentence. Mm -hmm. And I just have to say, I need to write this down. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, you, if you don't do that, it goes straight to Bob Dylan. That's the rumor. <laughs> That's the theory. Yeah, if you don't write it down, Bob Dylan gets it. Right. Uh-huh. And then you're like, Drat, I had that idea. Yeah, it just disappeared. Totally. <laughs> yeah, someone else will get it. Usually him, usually Dylan. <laughs> so speaking of online, you've been doing a bunch of online things. Uh, you had the concert at the Narrows, which was really great. And uh, obviously lots of enthusiasm from the fans, um, as well as, so Ward, I was really amazed that you just sat down and played the whole album, Inverted Valentine, uh, which again, I think the fans really enjoyed. So what are you thinking about online stuff? Is that something you think you can work in? Or how how's that experience working out for you? Yeah, the, well, uh, Josh, is uh, he's been our mastermind uh, behind the whole, the whole online thing. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. What do you think there, Josh? I think that, you know, the, when we do return to more steady live performances, whenever, whatever that looks like, whatever the scope, that's a whole other conversation. But I do believe that some semblance of streaming is going to remain a part of the business model. Mm. Um, I just think this has really been an interesting, we, we didn't want to move too quickly. We do, we do, what what's basically turned into like kind of a variety show every Friday now for the time being that we're, that we're off of, uh, we're away from live performance, but so we didn't want to move too quickly. So one of the first things that we did was, you know, Ward did inverted Valentine in its entirety, just solo, like you had mentioned. Uh, but we, we were kind of trying to figure out like, you know, what does this look like? How can we make it slightly different from other people? How can we turn this into our own thing? And, but we have kind of, we've determined at this point that there's going to be some aspect of live streaming that is, that's a part of the business model Mm. going forward for the foreseeable future. I think people are kind of getting used to being able to tune in at a certain point and see a certain style of show. They're kind of expecting a certain thing at this point. And I don't foresee that changing in the future. And Mm. we've talked to a few other artists and some people that are on the um, venue side of things and they they kind of agree that that streaming is going to be a part of of what they do for basically moving forward from for the continuation of whatever it is that they're doing you've tried all kinds of different things over the course of the history of the band different labels you mentioned uh touring a lot of course and then you know doing fundraising campaigns so what do you what do you think is working now for bands? The music industry has changed so much. Do you have any thoughts about, you know, what kind of models you think are will be successful? I mean, I think we talk about it a lot uh, mm. and, and Ward can piggyback on this, but like the the only real constant in the music industry is change. It's it's always different. What you you went out on tour and you had these t-shirts and you ordered 20 larges and you know, 20 mediums and and we sold out of smalls in one day and you still have all the larges. And Mm -hmm. so then you order less large the next time and you go on the road again and then you sell out on the larges and you carry the smalls around for two years. So the, you can never accurately read what the future is going to hold. So you have to be able to adapt constantly. Mm. Um, so the one, I would say the one consistent is change. Um, Ward, I don't know what, what you see as the future. and Yeah, adaptability, I think. Of, of, of it, Like Josh was saying, it's like statistics work in like every business. Like it, statistics work in, in the sport of baseball. Mm-hmm. Yet somehow when we try to boil things down in this business, they never play out. Whenever we try to play the statistics game, we always seem to get burned. That's um, interesting. I don't know if we're, if we're unique in that, but 15 years into it, it's never worked to our advantage. It's so interesting. I mean, we do talk about it a lot in the band of, of, of what we think, you know, things are going to be like, you know, moving forward or how, to, how, how do you stay sustainable? I have always seen like with evolution, the best way to not go extinct is, is to avoid specialization. I mean, if you're willing to be adaptable and not just be super rigid, you know, we've always tried to keep it keep it fun, keep it enjoyable and be willing uh, to, to hear things. Every time we enter the studio, we, we, we always have like a, a group discussion of, 
even if there are songs we've been playing on stage for two years before they get recorded, like for us, it's always about keeping an open mind mm. of not being married to any idea to be, you know, especially uh, when we're in a studio environment, we, we brought a p producer in for a reason. And usually that reason is we want an outside party uh, to weigh in on the songs and, and to bring in their, you know, we're, we're really bringing them in for their advice uh you know sometimes to say hey here's an idea that you guys didn't think of yet let's try this and to the band's credit you know all the guys uh even over the years all the guys have been very open uh to, to and willing to take that approach uh when they've worked with this band of, of going in and seeing what what can happen uh you know when you stay open to trying new things one of the things that always bothers me when I see people set out on new endeavors, especially those that are allegedly passion fueled, is there seems to be a whole cadre of, I don't know, snake oil salesmen who follow along, who actually are going to make money off of them um, by allegedly telling them how to make money at their uh, undertaking. And it seems to me that this must be especially true in the music industry. And how have you guys avoided falling for people? Or maybe you have some cautionary tales. How have you avoided falling for people who promise you the world, you know, riches and success and uh, charting numbers and all that kind of stuff? What, what keeps you, what keeps you level-headed in situations like that? I mean, you, you do find out really quickly. There's, um, there's a lot of, over-promising and under-delivering in, sure. in the industry. So, I mean, you just kind of, you take your lumps, <laughs> you fall for it once or maybe twice, and then you're like, oh, well, you know, you try to just take more control. Um, and, you know, keep in mind also that a lot of these people that are, that are entering the fold and promising certain things, uh, whether or not you, you do end up going into some form of partnership with them, but like, you know, they, they ultimately are working for you. So to try to stick to what your vision is and guide them along that way to try to extract from the relationship, something that makes sense. And ultimately it will, it'll make sense for both parties. If, if it's a, you know, a, a valuable uh, working relationship. Um, mm -hmm. But you totally. do, you can, like I said, you, you just fall for it a couple times. <laughs> it's inevitable that you had to fall for it once or twice, but J Josh nailed that. You know, you, you do learn. One that, I mean, one thing, and I'll say this to credit some other artists that we've known over the years, we have always tried to be very forthcoming with our experiences. You know, mm -hmm. if, if we've worked with somebody and someone comes to us asking our advice, we've tried to be as honest as we can. Uh, with the results that we got from working with, you know, a promoter, a publicist, uh, you know, what have you. And and there have been other artists who've, who've been a lot more successful than we have, who've just been very, very giving uh, with information uh, to us that's helped us along the way. But, uh, one, for instance, Big Sandy and his Fly Right Boys, mm. uh, we did some touring with them when they were releasing an album, and we were getting ready to put out an album of our own and they were working with some people that we were considering working with and they were very upfront and honest of you know what their expectations had been what they had gotten from uh that that business relationship and ultimately we we did not wind up working with uh that publicist and i was very thankful that they were willing to be honest with us some people you know they play their their cards very close to the vest and sure. they don't want to share anything. And uh, I've always been very grateful. And, and we've tried to kind of follow suit in that of that we're all in this together. I mean, you know, just because somebody else has success doesn't mean they're going to be taking success away from us. Uh, there's, a, right. there's a lot of success that can be shared. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I thought the guys in Big Sandy, uh, you know, you know, Robert and Ashley and, the, you know, the guys who, who kind of con control more of the business side of things for them, we were just very appreciative that they were willing to to say anything because we, we'd asked other bands who, who hadn't been so forthcoming uh, mm -hmm. with helping guide uh, advice and direction. But I think that's a good way to be it. it maybe in any business uh, you, you want to help people. I think it comes back to you. Yeah, I would say it's true in any business, uh, but yeah, I might be a lone wolf here crying in the wilderness because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in business that keeps people from being 
uh, very truthful, but I do think it makes the world better if we are more forthcoming with our real experiences. So let's talk about Hank Williams. The Outliers um, does a lot of tribute concerts to Hank Williams, as well as you have a live album uh, in his honor. And his music is really, you can really sense it throughout a lot of your music. But he personally, or as a musician, is kind of a cautionary tale. He died at the age of 29, just just nuts. Um, had a lot of problems, had a lot of back pain. He did tour a lot also, uh, took pain medication and seemed to be self-medicating with pain medication and alcohol. And how, how do you think in this day and age, you know, for professional musicians, how do you avoid those type of lifestyle problems? And uh, do you have any advice for all of us uh, along those lines? It's hard to avoid it. Uh, I guess that's the the best thing that I can say is like, you know, you make your living playing in bars. Uh, so it's a lot of vices are readily available. You know, you're, you're out late, you're up early. Um, you know, there's sleep is not, uh, is a hard commodity to come by when you're, when you're touring, yeah. then you get, then you come off of the road, you come home and all of a sudden there's, there, there's nothing, you know, you're, you, you've spent the last, however long, you know, going from A to B constant action, you're surrounded by people, you're, you know, you're living with your coworkers essentially. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're having all these shared experiences and then you kind of come home and all the action is gone. Um, so it's, it's hard to avoid it on the road. It's hard to avoid it at home. Uh, I think for me anyway, I, I guess the, the only thing that I can really speak to is personal experience is kind of just like having different outlets to manage uh, stress or energy or whatever it happens to be. I like to exercise a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I like to read and just things, try to do diff various different things to kind of like calm my mind down a little bit. Um, Ward, I don't know if you have any personal insight. I think you nailed it. Just finding finding ways to cope, and you know, sometimes you can't cope. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, for me, for me personally, like our last European tour last year was a was a personal uh, breaking point of being mm -hmm. on the road. You know, of, of just being like, at some point, you have to uh, back off a little. You can't, you can't, you know, be pushing the the, the pedal to the metal one hundred percent of the time. And I think it was ultimately positive to uh, to kind of hit the wall uh, for years. Like I feel like I've always been able to bounce back after tours, no matter you know how hard we went on the tour. And then Cody, he just turned twenty seven. Um, yeah, he's young, and he's seemingly indestructible. And uh -huh. and I think that the last European tour, even for him, was a bit taxing. But it, but ultimately, it was good. I mean, for the first time. In the history of the band, you know, uh, Cody and I, we said, you know what, it's time to, to back off. Uh, he and I, we haven't had a drink uh, since December of last year. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, which is the first time that's it. You know, we've never gotten out of control, mm -hmm. but, you know, it, it was just time to pump the brakes. And uh, I, 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 I can honestly say I have not missed it. If, if anything, it's made uh, my thoughts clearer. And it, it was the right time. It was it was time to maybe face things head on and not have anything that would get in the way of uh, dulling any of those feelings. So I think for that it was positive. Yeah, I do think it's a it's kind of a you know it's a really individual mm -hmm. thing, and how you can man how you how you manage your stress, how you identify the stress of touring, you know, and try to enact some kind of self care plan, whether it's moderation or you know what it, it like i said it is really an individual experience um but you you do have to take care of yourself you have to try to eat well mm -hmm. you have to you have to try to avoid some of the vices you have to try to get as much sleep whenever you can mm -hmm. and and you have to set yourself up to achieve those kind of things you know what whether whether that's a you know um whether that's avoiding being, you know, around the bar too much, whether that's like knowing when to go to bed, when to call it a night, you know, yeah. there, there's all sorts of things. <laughs> I mean, for me, a lot of times it is just like, you know, setting the alarm and, and getting up in the morning and, and 
starting the day on a trajectory that'll set me up for success. You know, like I could maybe sleep an extra half hour, but I know that I can catch that in the van. So I'm going to go outside and go for a walk, get some fresh air, clear my mind. You're, uh, you're good. You're good at that. You're good at that. Yeah. I mean, but again, yeah. so like, you know, I'm not, I, I will oftentimes offer it to the other guys. I'll tell them my plan, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to grab some coffee at this place that I found and I'm going to walk to the, you know, I'm going to walk to this park or I'm going to go here or there, or I'm going to go for a run tomorrow, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, sometimes the guys take me up on it and sometimes they don't, but I know that like, you know, you might need more sleep than me. You might need more time in the morning to just like, like center yourself than I do, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very individual. And I think just listening to your, yourself and your needs, that's the key to really, you know, to not, to have some longevity in the touring game anyway. It's just take care of totally. yourself the best you can. <laughs> well said. The band has gone through different lineups. How much of that, those changes do you think were due to really the work of the band, the, the stress of it, or maybe money? Can you give me, I know it's hard to generalize, but can you give me some sense of, of what's happened to people? Um, I think again, it's, it's always, it's always a little bit different with everybody, but I think the main factor is, is time Mm-hmm. the time that it takes. So I, I, I would say that I think it's time. I was going to go into and elaborate more, but I think it's the time that you put, that you have to put in yeah. the time that it takes to prepare stuff, the time that it takes for things to come together. It can be, you, if you look at it in a vacuum and you're in the inside of it, it can seem all consuming and very yeah. time. consuming. And, and I think people uh, that have been in the band prior at certain points, they've just decided that it was not the right investment for their time. And they've gone on to either pursue other musical avenues or they've just gone into the, into the workforce and, and just decided that it, they didn't have the time to dedicate to a career in music anymore. So I think, I think really that's the biggest one. I mean, nobody is in, in this for money. And nobody's in this for their health, I don't think. <laughs> so it um, that's a, a leave on Helm quote, the drummer from the band. He says, "Well, you know, I ain't in it for my health, uh, uh-huh. but I, I think it is time." And how you know you're you're away from home, you're away from your loved ones, your family, your friends, um, and that can be a, a big drain. And but you're also like you're, you know, you're dedicating a lot of time to the group, and maybe you want to spend that time pursuing other musical avenues. And so I think it's it's usually time is what it boils down to sure totally yeah i just think that and things have a natural uh way of evolving you know like i mean i you know i think each person who's kind of come and gone there's there's been like an individual set of circumstances i mean mm-hmm. the, the 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 first i think three times we had a line, lineup change it was because of a physical fight between members of the band like, like when oh, I thought that was just a one-off. Oh, is this, is this the part where we get into solving the murder? Yeah, yeah. But I think that is time. Like, I, you know, you're young. You're you're spending too much time together. You're not getting enough sleep, and then you, next thing you know, you can't listen to the guy next to you breathe yeah. anymore. Right. And so you're, then you're like resting on the floor, choking somebody. Out. Boom. <laughs> no. Oh, totally. And I think some people are just generally, you know, more equipped for handling life on the road. Like, uh, sure. like, I mean, what, 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 like, believe me, it, it's always, it's always been hard, I think, to see people come and go. And sometimes it's, it's really been, been the right time. And other times, like, you know, the band has just sort of evolved. Like, it's usually been the person's personal choice to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've only ever had to ask one person to leave. And at this point, like, you know, I, I've reflected back on that quite a bit. Cause that was a very, very difficult thing for everybody. Cause you know, you do kind of become a, a band of brothers. You have a, a commitment sure. to each other. And, uh, you know, the way I've come to look at it, like if you're in battle, 
you, you all need to be charging in the same direction. Uh, if one person is charging in a different direction, uh, it, it, it doesn't work. Like you have to all be on, on the same page. And, you know, the one person we ever did have to ask to leave, that was a process of two years of the band changing, growing and adapting. And I've almost come to respect that one person's commitment to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just unwilling to move and, and change with the band. It, it, he almost couldn't. Mm-hmm. And, and he's gone on to have uh, success in his own career. Mm-hmm. You know, it, so I think it was hard even for him and for us to see, but ultimately he's done better as somebody who, who does their own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he just kind of stopped being a, a band member where, where like the rest of us have always had a band mentality, mm-hmm. um, more, more so than an individual uh, mentality. He was just, he was ready to be an individual more than a band guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just took two years to, to have anything come from that. Uh-huh. There's a lot of psychology to it. I, we, we could probably explore this from now until forever and never get to the bottom of it, but it's, yeah, it's, cool, it's I, cool to dive into it. I could only imagine all the dynamics that there are. Yeah, I spend a lot of my time thinking about humans interacting with humans. And then when you throw, you know, touring in there and um, musical endeavors and 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 t- taste, uh, I can only imagine what a stew pot that must uh, that must make. I was just going to say it's a really unique experience, and I I, I talk to uh, friends a lot about it because you you are essentially you're like best friends with your coworkers for a third to a half of the year, depending on how busy you are. You're also living with your coworkers 24 hours a day. Uh, Nobody does that. Even like people that, you know, you might be business, you know, business associates that go on a business trip every now. Oh yeah, that's different. But not like in the, in the intense way that we are in, in that we're traveling together all the time. We're living together when we're on the road. It's a very, and we're, we're, we are legitimately friends. Mm -hmm. You have a really intimate relationship with the guys that you're, that you're working with. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's a very unique work environment. I'll say that. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds a little crazy. So I've just got a question, a couple questions for you here before we wind up. I know I'm uh, keeping you. When you think, when you look around and you see other bands and you see people who seem to have gotten, you know, really big boosts because of connections or luck, uh, really rather than putting in the work, right? And how do you reconcile that to yourselves? And do you have any advice for the rest of us who watch this kind of thing happen and, and wonder how we should, how we should think about it? I mean, I would say, you know, like this, uh, this, uh, go back to some things we were, we were mentioning earlier. It's like everybody's story is individual. Mm. Um, but like one thing we've always tried to keep in mind, because just in the course of this band, we've had a few times where we've been able to peer over the fence at the next level of success. Um, you know, a few times, like, you know, we, 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 we've gotten a few steps up and we, you know, we've, we, we still have places we're still trying to aspire to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, one thing we've seen just, you know, now having done this for a while, like if success shows up and you're not ready, it doesn't last. Mm. Um, like you have to be, you actually, you have to have what it takes to back it up. Um, I mean, you know, I've just been stunned at how many bands we've seen, you know, get hot for a minute or two and, you know, they're, they're just not around anymore. They, they're, they weren't ready or something wasn't ready. Mm. Um, like if you don't actually have the mental fortitude or the actual talent to back it up, it, it doesn't seem to stay. Huh. Um, yeah, the, it, it's been interesting to see because definitely, it, it, definitely in the beginning, you know, I mean, I, heck, I didn't know what type of industry I was even entering into, but it, you know, there are like these flashes in the pan. Um, but, th- but then there are other bands where, you know, when success does finally find them, that they're ready. And, and to me, those are the bands that stick around. Uh, you know, it's a roller coaster and you have to be willing to, to take the ride and, and just go with the ups and downs. Uh, you know, our motto and our, our way of thinking has always been sustainability. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
sometimes you'll do, do things that, that people really like and, and other times uh, they might not like them as much. It might just be a thing of timing that mm -hmm. there are so many factors at play, you know, but I think if, if, if you stay committed and, you know, first and foremost, believe in what you yourself are doing in the context of the band, I think that's the most vital part of, of longevity and sustainability and success is, is certainly relative, but uh, if greater success finds you, you got to be ready and prepared uh, for what that really means and what that entails. All right. Well, before I let you go, is there anything that you'd like to share with the listeners um, where they can follow your work or learn about the album or anything you'd like them to know? Uh, yeah, they can, um, they can follow us on pretty much any social media platform. We're on Facebook, uh, Ward Hayden, the outliers, we're on Instagram under the same handle, Ward Hayden and the Outliers. We Our website is wardhaydenandoutliers.com. Um, we are on Spotify. We're on YouTube. Uh, we're on Amazon. Pretty much anywhere in any platform that you can find music, uh, we're on it. We, do, we are currently doing a live stream every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern time uh, where the four of us uh, talk about all sorts of interesting and uninteresting things and we play some tunes <laughs> uh so if you want to you can check that out and uh yeah we'll be entering the studio at some point in the not so uh distant future i hope we you know we're gonna keep working at that and try to lock it down our producer uh roscoe eric amble he he's in new york city and we're going to be recording in boston so there's a little bit of logistics uh with the current pandemic uh and how we're gonna make that work but we will be getting to recording soon and uh we'll have a new record hopefully shortly we can't really speak to a timeline right now um but we're working on it we're writing songs and we'll be recording it and releasing it and uh yeah we'll be back on the road as soon as it's safe to do that so just keep an eye out on social media and on our website and we'll just keep churning out content while we're home <laughs> Right on. Yeah, so I'll just chime in here and say I definitely recommend that you check out the band. They're a lot of fun, a really great spirit, excellent music. So, yeah, however you want to consume your music, I definitely recommend that you check out The Outliers. And thanks, guys, so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Jennifer. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate you having us on. Yeah, Jennifer, thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Well, the pandemic isn't really over, but it seems as though we've moved into a different phase where our lives have a bit more normalcy. As a result, we're adjusting the format of the show back to fewer, more lengthy episodes airing on Tuesday and Friday, and sometimes on Sunday, since those Sunday literary episodes have been very popular. Speaking of which, our downloads have exploded during the pandemic, so thank you for your patronage. If you like what we do, you can support the show through our Patreon page. Another way to support us, which doesn't cost anything, is to follow us or like us on Podomatic.com, and that will help us increase our visibility. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a comment about who you are, what you like, or if you have a comment about the show. And finally, I also run a professional training company for people who want to advance in their careers with courses on communication skills, executive presence, and accent reduction. You can find out more at discreteguide.com, D-I-S-C-R-E-E-T-G-U-I-D-E. -E -E -E. Please take care and let's talk again soon.